I'm Andrea Hope, and this is To Mother. Episode 47, Summer Teaching Campaign. Hey lovelies, this is Andrea Hope, a Baha'i mom and poet among many other things, and this is my podcast to mother where I share my reflections and insights about parenting with purpose in the modern world. So I share some quotes from the Baha'i writings that inspire me, some practical tips and resources, and sometimes my poetry. I want to do a few housekeeping things because I haven't recorded in a couple weeks. So first I want to say that if you have been listening to the podcast, you know I have an Etsy shop and I've really been trying to develop that to have resources for families families, things that, you know, I wish I had access to when growing up and just any kind of things that Baha'i families would be interested in to learn more about the faith, to feel more connected and to um, continue their community building activities. So I decided to keep this podcast sustainable that I'm going to take the summers off and it's a good time for me to focus on my shop and also because the Baha'i faith, most of our holy days happen in other times of the year. So this July, August is a good time after the martyrdom of the Bab that I could focus on other things, but make sure that I still have content later in the year for the Baha'i Holy Days, updating those lists of resources and just bringing you good and interesting content. The other thing I wanted to say is that during the month of July, any Baha'is who buy from my shop, the proceeds are going to go to the Robert Turner Memorial Fund. So if you haven't heard, the National Spiritual Assembly of the Baha'is of the United States have asked for people to contribute to the Robert Turner Memorial Fund. Robert Turner was a disciple of Abdul Baha, and he was the first African American to embrace the Baha'i faith way back in 1898, I believe. So um, in honor of that, I really would like to let people know more about him and contribute to that fund. The fund will help to place an appropriate gravestone at his resting place. So it's just a really wonderful thing to be a part of. And as you may know, only members of the Baha'i community have the honor to contribute to the fund. So if you are a member of the community and you'd like to get something, just make a comment to me. And so I know that you are registered Baha'i and that those proceeds can go towards this fund. So with that being said, let's jump into this episode. Before I took my summer break, I wanted to talk about summer teaching campaigns because I am helping organize one this summer. And I think, you know, just the idea of teaching in general is very important to Baha'is. So there are a lot of writings from the central figures about teaching the faith, but I wanted to bring something from Shoghi Effendi, the guardian, because he often brings a practical aspect to things. And as we know, he was a great planner. So he really planned the spread of the faith around the world so that national spiritual assemblies could be elected in so many countries. So I'm going to start with a quote from him. To teach the cause of God, to proclaim its truths, to defend its interests, to demonstrate by words as well as by deeds, its indispensability, its potency and universality should at no time be regarded as the exclusive concern or sole privilege of Baha'i administrative institutions, be they assemblies or committees. All must participate however humble their origin, however limited their experience, however restricted their means, however deficient their education, however pressing their cares and preoccupations, however unfavorable the environment in which they live. God, Baha'u'llah himself, has unmistakably revealed, hath prescribed unto everyone the duty of teaching his cause. Say, he further has written, teach ye the cause of God, O people of Baha. For God hath prescribed unto everyone the duty of proclaiming his message, and regardeth it as the most meritorious of all deeds. 
These words are very important to me. My eyes naturally like zoomed in on the part where it says, however, pressing their cares and preoccupations. Cause you know, as parents, especially parents of young children, we have a lot going on. We have a lot that we are juggling and trying to balance. And so, you know, we might feel like we know quite a bit about the faith or we not, might not feel hesitant for some of these other reasons, but definitely we could be in a situation where we feel like, oh, we just have so much else going on. And it says, however unfavorable the environment in which they live that we take this on. So in my community, we don't have enough um, Baha'i adults to have an assembly. So it isn't something that would be organized by a local assembly or anything like that to have a summer teaching campaign. It is something, um, I think, partially because we are serving as home front pioneers for the next couple of months until our service ends, that I wanted to try and get our small community together to try and do something, you know, on our own and really invite the other people in our county to support us and to pray with us and reflect with us for one week. So I wanted to encourage other people as well because I will be the first one to say that I'm very hesitant about direct teaching. I like talking about the faith to people that I already know, to people who are my friends or who are curious about it because of how I met my husband or situations like that. But like going up to strangers and having conversations about spirituality or even faith has always been really intimidating for me. But I've been Having this practice as a Baha'i of taking myself into account each day and feeling like, is there something in this day that I would have liked to improve? In general, I feel really good about how I'm spending my time with my family and my community and my children. But I know that, you know, there's this big push in the faith. I mean, there's always been, you know, this <laughs> sense of urgency, but just people are really having an opportunity right now, given the condition of the world, to reflect on you know, their connection to others and what it means to be a part of a community. And I feel like you know, the institutions are really asking us to put so much into this effort. And recently there was a letter from our National Assembly that asked for indigenous and black people to be at the forefront of this teaching work. And so I really wanted to answer that call and you know, whatever comes of it, I just thought, okay, when I die, I wanna be able to tell Baha'u'llah and to tell the Congress on high that I tried, <laughs> you know, that I made an effort. And so much of learning and so much of connecting with people comes from just the experience of making that effort. I found that with this podcast and a lot of other things that I'm involved in, you know, it, it feels overwhelming and it, it does take a lot of work. But just continuing to do it is what helps you build that experience and build that knowledge. And, you know, just you'll learn along the way, kind of like with marriage and having children as well. There's resources, but some of it you can't learn until you're actually doing it. So I just wanted to give a little bit of my backstory to encourage others. Like I'm not this naturally champion person who wants to go knock on people's doors and feels really confident in teaching the faith or talking about spiritual concepts to other people. But I do feel like um, it's something that's been so important in my life. And the way that I was able to reshape my teaching work when I was at the Baha'i World Center was to know that there are souls out there who are looking for community based on spirituality, who either have a relationship with God or are really longing for a relationship with God. And those are the people that I pray that Baha'u'llah attracts to me or you know me to them or them to me, however it works. Because you know I'm not out there to try and convince anyone that this is what they should be doing or this is the way forward. I'm out there to find people like me and people like you and others that we can find in the community who are really gonna benefit from this and really feel like this is an answer to their prayer. So hopefully that's helpful for you if you've also been thinking about your teaching work or if you haven't <laughs> and it's just a, a nice reminder. 
my living the life tip is to plan a summer teaching campaign. That's simple. So it really doesn't have to be something that's a large thing. So when I thought of teaching campaigns before, I was thinking about communities that are further along, that have more people. I would say we probably have about four active families in our community. And so, you know, it's not a large amount of people. And we all have children. I'm trying to think in our actual community. Yeah, we all have children. So, <laughs> so you know, we're all quite busy and young children. Whatever group you have, it doesn't have to be that there's a lot of people. Of course, it's great. And I'm going to try my very best to get resources from outside of the community to accompany us. But I feel like concentrating on a one week teaching campaign is really wonderful because it's a concentrated amount of time where someone can say, okay, I'm not having to commit to this every day or for a whole month or anything like that. I'm committing this week to be praying and reflecting and mindful of this community and helping them out, whether that's directly teaching with us and going door to door, going to parks, or whether that's offering to help take care of kids, offering to give snacks, offering to join us for prayers on Zoom because they're not comfortable coming in person, whatever the case may be, that anyone in the community can get involved. So I just wanted to tell you some things that we're thinking about in our neighborhood and things that we've read from learning documents of other communities that have stuck out to us and our like little nucleus that is planning this teaching campaign. So definitely it's important that you have a good amount of people who are part of your neighborhood. So when you are going around, it's good, I think, on every team to have at least one person who is a member of the neighborhood. So that's how you can introduce yourself. Hi, I'm so-and-so and I live across the street or in the neighborhood or I'm new to this area or whatever the case may be and this is my friend so-and-so. Um, so for me, we have decided that we would like to have at least uh, two teams of two every day. So like I was saying, that's not a lot of people, <laughs> you know, for a week. And, you know, maybe it'll be the same people some of those days. And, you know, maybe we'll be able to switch out. But that we have two teams of two people each day. And in our case, because we want to focus on family devotionals and inviting people to the activity that we have, which is the interfaith children's circle, which is essentially a devotional for um, children zero to five and their families, then that's um, important for us to try to have one person on each team who is um, a parent from the community. So that really goes well into the other thing to be mindful of is, do you have any activities right now in your community? I do think it's really ideal to have something going on in the community that you can invite people to when you go out and do outreach. There's a flyer or there's a website or a group or something that they can join where there's this concrete way to contact people. Maybe people aren't gonna feel comfortable to call or write to some individual directly, but they'll feel more comfortable to join a page and look for updates and see pictures of what's going on and then come right away or eventually you know, come after they feel comfortable. So in our case, we have this interfaith children's circle, and that's really, really what we developed the teaching campaign around. And we do have a nearby community that has a book one, so if there are adults who or youth who would like to join that, that's also available. The other tips that seem to be important within that were not being shy and trusting in the power of prayer or the power of God's word, however 
you're using resources to have these spiritual conversations. I think the more comfortable you are, then the more comfortable they will be, and that can be difficult. So you might have to ask yourself the question like I have to do, which is how do I make myself more comfortable with this? And this is a very interesting conversation we had among our little group, our nucleus, I'll say. Some of us are much more comfortable having an event to invite people to and then having a conversation about the community and what prayer means to the community and having it around that and going out and inviting people to that. And some of us are more comfortable to put up a stand in an area where there's a lot of families and invite people to come and talk to us. And it was funny because there are some people who are comfortable with going up to people who are like, oh, this sitting at a table would be intimidating or really weird for me. And then there's people who are comfortable with the table who said, oh, I, you know, I wouldn't want to go up to people. So I think as long as people are respectful of what works for each other and following whatever rules there are, maybe of the community or the neighborhood or the parks, then that's really great to have people who are going to be attractive going out in different ways. I think that's a, a great thing. So a few other things here. I thought it was really interesting in this in a a document that we studied that it talked about being receptive to the needs of your neighbors and seeing them as protagonists. So the example it gave was that they were going around and inviting people to have prayer devotionals in their homes and they had these certain prayers picked out and the person that they approached wasn't really interested in this and it was clear that that person didn't really think that that would be effective so instead of keeping going with that conversation they started to talk to the person about what their concerns are for the neighborhood so they had a conversation about that which eventually led them to the topic of unity and then they asked if they could share a unity prayer with that person and that was much more effective by listening to that person and being receptive so i know that in the faith we also have examples of teaching uh, documents and words that we can use and i just like to reiterate from my perspective that those are really um, guides and just examples and the important part is that you are present with the person at least for me that would be really essential that the person yeah you have that maybe to make you feel more comfortable or to have an example of what you might say but in the moment that you're really listening to me we're listening to each other and we're talking about the things that come naturally not kind of just trying to impose uh, topics onto the conversation and then the last thing I wanted to share in terms of that second aspect of being a protagonist is, yeah, even in the early stages, if you find people who are receptive, um, asking them because they are your neighbors and you are trying to do something that's community based. If there are other families, other people who they think might be interested, if there are people like we have a number of families who come to our circle who are from different faiths or maybe don't identify with a particular faith, but offering them that opportunity to come out with us and to see them as protagonists in this journey, whether somebody wants to come and just share a story or share a song with our group, you know, and be a little helper teacher for a day, those kind of things that it can feel intimidating to ask someone to do something when they've just started to get involved, but that there's also that opportunity to um, help them to engage in the service even from the very beginning. So my resource that I wanted to share with you is called Baha'i-ideas.site, and I'll have it in the show notes as I always do, so you can look at tomother.buzzsprout.com, or you can look at the show notes in whatever app you're listening to this podcast, um, or you can email me at info at andreahope.org. And yeah, so this website has a lot of good templates for invitations, for flyers, for programs, for things like that, that you can edit. So there's just a lot of nice basic templates that you can make your own. And so that's why I wanted to shout out that website, bahai-ideas.site.
For the end of this podcast before my summer break, I wanted to thank you all for listening and for engaging with me. For those who've contacted me by email, I really appreciate that. If you have any stories of mothers, whether in this world or in the heavenly realm that you'd like to share with me, I'd love to start up doing that series again on the podcast where I share stories of mothers in the Baha'i faith. But in the meantime, yeah, I had tried to write a poem this week (laughs) and I realized I was heavily writing it on this quote from Abdu'l-Bahá that I had read. And so I'm actually going to share the quote from Abdu'l-Bahá instead of the poem. And maybe it can be a writing prompt both for me and for anyone who's out there listening who is a writer who would like to engage in this. And it is from the 1930s book, The Garden of the Heart. At the gate of the garden, some stand and look within, but do not care to enter. Others step inside, behold its beauty, but do not penetrate far. Still others encircle this garden, inhaling the fragrance of the flowers, having enjoyed its full beauty, pass out again by the same gate. But there are always some who enter and, becoming intoxicated with the splendor of what they behold, remain for life to tend the garden. Abdu'l-Bahá. To Mother is an individual initiative and provides only the personal reflections and insights of its creator, that's me. For more information about the Baha'i faith, including access to the official writings and contacts for Baha'is in your community, please visit baha'i.org.